The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Good afternoon and welcome to America's Web Radio. And we're glad to have you listening in. And it's time now for Locked and Loaded with the one, the only... Roger B. But we're gonna we're gonna do a little something different for one second before we get started with locked and loaded. Sure. And that is that, Roger. I'm sick and tired of the false news, fake news, outright lies that we get on television these days. Oh, gee, don't and, even, don't even start with me. And uh, one of them is about this oil crisis and the. Oh, my God, gas is up to $5 a gallon, this, that, and the other. Well, we need to be telling the truth. And you know that I have some very, very, very small interest in oil, but I do get to talk to the big boys. And one of the big boys is Pioneer Resources, and you can look it up, or Apache Oil. And in both cases, I've talked to them within the last three or four days, and as recently as early this morning, I was talking to one, and we're going to get one of their executives on America's Web Radio wow. telling the truth of what's really going on. And it's I tried getting all of a refinery, and I will eventually, but the fact is we're refining all the oil that the refineries can get they just can't get the oil because of one bimbo idiot in the White House <laughs> that has the oil line shut down. And like my producers, uh, Pioneer and Apache Oil Companies, and it holds true for all the rest of them, uh, Conoco, any of them, it holds true for all of them. They can't, they can, like my, like Pioneer told me today, we'll produce all the oil that you want. But right now we can't it. we can't send it anywhere. The lines are plugged, the lines are shut down. And what happens is I mentioned this I think the other day on your show is is if I have an oil well over here, it goes the pipe from that oil well doesn't go above ground. It goes generally speaking below ground. Underground, right. To a a feeder line that goes to the big line that goes to the refineries. And what the idiot Brandon shut down was the big lines. And so if you have the big line shut down, then the feeder lines can't take it anywhere. They're stopped. They're plugged up. And this is why we have 5 6 $8, and $10 coming gas prices at the pump. And if you don't like it, you get a hold of Brandon or you get a hold of your representative and have him put pressure on the bimbo in the White House to open the... There's no reason that the oil lines are shut down. There's absolutely no reason other than bimbo wants to be a dictator of energy. And yeah, oh, uh, well, I'm sure you've already gone out and bought, what, you bought three... Uh, Teslas, uh, so you could. Uh, oh no, yeah, yeah. You, I, I got an even half dozen. I figure, well, might as well while I'm at it. Yeah, yeah. Why buy one when you can buy three and, you get and it cheaper by the half dozen? Yeah, and 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 plug them in different places at your house and run that big extension card into your living room. I bet that pleased somebody. But anyway, um, this is stupid, people, and only you 
and what I'm doing right now can change it. And we have to get Biden and that idiot and his, the people that surround him, off their dead asses and open the pipelines. And this I promise you. But then Biden and his family won't make any money off their foreign oil contracts. This I promise you. If if I were to announce the oil lines were to open tomorrow, the price of gas would plummet. It would go from whatever it is, five, six dollars a gallon, back down to a dollar fifty to two dollars a gallon and overnight, immediately almost. The refineries are ready, the oil producing companies have the they they have the ability, it's just they can't do anything with their oil. And in turn, that means I'm not making much off of it. And that pisses me off. Yeah, I don't blame you. Well, I mean, he was Brandon was handed an energy independent country. We were completely energy independent when he took us over. What's the first thing he does? He shuts down pipelines. He pulls leases on land that companies were going to drill on. So now they've got no place to spend all this money that they've made into research and development and into keeping supply lines full. So well, now they can't get all these. They, he shut down the pull the permits on offshore drilling. Being, being that I respect you for being a much smarter individual oh, than I don't, am. Oh, don't, don't make that mistake. Yeah, but maybe you can explain this to me. <laughs> Yo, you'll be president is over in, in the Middle East begging Saudi Arabia to produce more oil while chastising Russia for not buying oil from us. Wait a second. Something's wrong in this. I, I'm too dumb to figure that one out. It's all about the money. Follow the money, and you'll figure out what's going on. And Biden wants to make sure he's making money. His family, his handlers, everybody around him is going to find a way to make money through being in politics. And that's all it is. There's nothing more to it. We have almost become a third-world country when it comes to corruption. Yeah, you're right. You're very good. Yes, you're right. That's and, where it's headed now. I mean, can how do you explain it's over there? One side of his mouth is begging the Saudis to produce more oil, and out the other is chastising Russia for not buying more oil from us. It's compl- You know, it's all about. It's money, all about yeah. the money. Just follow the money. You'll figure out who's getting paid, who's not getting paid, and that's how things are going to go. What do you say? How far do I have to follow him before I could just rob him? Yeah, I don't know about that, but you know, he's he's he. I mean, what are you going to do? Steal his ice cream cone from him? Oh, that would make him cry. I know, because you know, he can eat as much ice cream as he wants because he never gets brain freeze. You know that. <laughs> you know, did you see now the other day Biden was bicycle riding? Yeah. And, and he fell down. You know, now that he's mastered bicycle riding, I think he should definitely try skydiving. Well, <laughs> without a shoot. <laughs> um, no, no, you can have one. <laughs> you know, I, uh, I do a thing called From the Ranch, and I said the other day I put out one that if – he can't ride a bicycle. How do you think he'd look on a horse? <laughs> oh my God! And yes. the and the other one that I'm putting out today, actually later today, is uh, our first president to ever shake hands with the wind. Oh yeah, though he was a ghost. Well, that was Casper. Well, he was talking about ghost guns, and apparently oh. somebody had a ghost gun, and it was a ghost who had it. Oh, apparently that's what. It, according to Joe Biden. That, that must be what he thinks a ghost gun is, a gun that is owned by a ghost. Oh, Casper. He was Yeah, he turned around to shake hands with the ghost, Casper or Beetlejuice or whoever it was, 
and there was nobody there that well, we could see. But he could see him, so it was okay. We, it has to have been Casper because he's the friendly ghost. Yeah, maybe. I mean, Beetlejuice yeah. might not have been as friendly. I don't know. But, yeah, it was crazy. I was like, you know, ghost guns, and he's shaking hands with ghosts. I'm going, does he understand anything that he's saying to these to anybody? It just strikes me as so odd. Uh, but anyway, I mean, like saying, it's not his fault. He's demented. Now, granted, he's been in politics for, what, 50 years now? Yeah, yeah. And he still hasn't accomplished anything. He's completely, you know, you can't list his accomplishments without that's, making it something bad. That's not true. He's learned how to write his name all by himself. Right, and he can sort of ride a bicycle. Well, maybe. Uh, yeah, well, he just can't stop him. He's still working on the bicycle riding. Yes. Yeah. He, he's a good ice cream eater, though. But And he can write his name all by himself. We don't know that that's true. I've never seen him do it. Well, yeah, when he signs all those fictitious bills and yeah, I wonder executive if orders. Them. It's a wonder that he doesn't pull out a rubber stamp and, you know. <laughs> or maybe Jill's in the background, you know, taking the the stuff after he takes his crayon and marks them up, and she fixes it with a signature that looks like his. Yeah, probably. I wonder what color crayon he likes to sign things with. <laughs> well, he, he, unfortunately, I understand this from officials. He's eaten most of them. Oh, that's right. <laughs> they have to watch it. They have to keep his mouth closed while he's handling his crayons because he tends to eat them. Oh, yeah. yes. Oh, my gosh. And all you people who voted for this guy? <laughs> shame for shame. We are laughing at you. You are just as dumb as he is. No, dumber. They voted for Right. Him. They voted. They fell for that. Hmm. He's in his bunker all summer long trying to run for office. Nobody showed up for any of his rallies, and yet he got 81 million votes. It just seems like something's fishy there. And it smells like something fishy. Though. Yeah, no kidding. Well, that's because Biden can't control anything in his life, apparently. <laughs> Okay, so but anyway, yeah, well, let's get we'll get into some gun stuff now, and and Joe Biden was also talking about Cease wants to sign gun laws now. Now he was the architect of the 1994 crime bill, so you got to remember he has been an anti-gun advocate for as long as he's been in office. Since '94, he he was pushing for that, and before that, he pushed for for anti-gun laws. So he obviously doesn't believe in the Second Amendment. And what did he say about the Second Amendment? No amendment is absolute. Yeah, that's kind of why they're the Bill of Rights. The first ten amendments in the Constitution are specifically restricting the government from what they can do. But the politicians these days, they don't care. Oh no, we're going to make a law restricting that. We don't care that it's in the Constitution. We don't care that it's in the Bill of Rights doesn't make any difference to us we want to do what we want to do and that doesn't matter what's the, what the law is as long as we get our weekly check yeah i mean equality under the law has gone out the window you know you did hear what mm-hmm. aoc said didn't you what about planting the cheerios and solving world hunger because she has donut seeds <laughs> no she said who can live on what we get paid Hundred and seventy-four thousand a year who oh, could, my God. Who can live on that? Right. Consider the I – I would guess the mean uh, salary of a single person is probably maybe thirty to 40000 Probably, yeah. And a single a single earning household, probably, you know, around forty. Maybe if it's double earning income, then maybe sixty to seventy. But yeah, but she can't get by on $174,000 a year after being a bartender. Right, right. Because apparently she made more as a bartender. You know, I'd be happy – to start a GoFundMe to raise money to pay for her new bartending classes. <laughs> you know, what is it? Uh, M-A... I forgot. It's make, make Alexandria a bartender again. 
I would go for that, yes. Yeah, everybody, make her a bartender again. Absolutely. But, oh, oh who can live on 174000 a year? Well, you know what? If someone wants to give me that kind of money, I'd be happy to give it a shot. I yeah, think I would I, do just fine. Yeah, I, I, I could squeak by, I yeah, think. Yeah, I think so. Well, it depends. Now, if Joe Brandon wants to start taking more taxes, you know, you may end up with 30000 by the time you're done after the government gets their, quote-unquote, fair share. Yeah. And our hunter gets his. Yeah, exactly. And it's funny because someone asked me about, well, how come inflation is so high? I go, because they raise taxes. So everybody's paying more in taxes, getting less money in their paychecks, and they're printing so much money to try and cover expenses because they're not letting people go back to work. They're trying to give all people all these money so they don't go to work, and it's causing inflation. So even though you're getting $15, $17, $20 an hour, it's not worth the same money as it was when it was $10 an hour under Trump. You could buy more with your money back then than you can now, and people don't understand that. But the worst thing is the price of guns has gone up. The price of ammo has skyrocketed. Now, granted, it's starting to settle back down a little bit, but ammo prices are still pretty high, and I don't know if they'll ever get back down to the pre-2020 prices. Because when I was telling everybody back in 2019... Stock up. I said fall and, and winter. I had seen the lowest prices on ammo and guns that I had seen in probably two decades. And I was telling everybody, this is the time. Buy a case a week of whatever you want so you'll have it. And sure enough, 2020 rolled around. All the riots, all the, the destruction of property was going on. They had, what is it, uh, Portland had their autonomous zone happening. And ammo prices went through the roof. Now, it, I don't know. That was Seattle, I think, wasn't it? Oh, Seattle, Portland, one of those left coast places. Yeah. Something over there on the left but, coast where they do but, stupid stuff. But as I talked to my friend in Portland uh, earlier this week, uh, you know, they were re-gearing up for uh, this weekend. Oh, um, because of the overturning of Roe versus Wade? Yeah, which, you know, it's just... Uh, you know, if people would pay attention to it a little more and just read about it, they'd realize, okay, nothing's likely to change right away. Granted, now instead of petitioning the federal government for changes, you have to petition your state government for changes or no changes. If your state already has abortion laws that you like or, you know, acceptable to you, then you're fine. Then work on another state that you think does not have acceptable laws. Just like I've said this about many other things many other shows that we do is that if anybody is pro-choice and this is this is the same thing as uh, I've said it for defunding the police and and many many other things on this station but if anybody is pro-choice before they say before they open their damn mouth they should go witness an abortion. And I think it was, as you're seeing a trimester, a second trimester baby, it's not a fetus anymore, it's a baby, fighting for their life. I mean, well, it's, it's just incredible. That's something we can argue about to the end of time, and we're not going to change anybody's mind on it. You know, that's something that... If they went and saw one, yeah, I think it would change your minds. But I just got so this they're not human. The average national salary is $51,168. Gee. So okay, Alexandria Occasional Cortex is making more than three times the national average salary. 
and she's having a tough time squeaking by. Yeah, it's it's. I feel sorry for her. I know. I mean, it's so hard to deal with that. I mean, oh my gosh, it's crazy. So, but I don't know how she manages. How does she manage to even stay clothed and fed on one hundred and seventy-five thousand dollars a year? Well, you know, those Tesla payments are tough. Oh, but now she wants to get rid of her Tesla because she doesn't like the fact Elon Musk is buying Twitter. Ah, well, that makes sense. I know. Well, yeah. I mean, it's like here. So they. Were, it's funny because the government helped sponsor the electric cars. They're the ones who helped make Elon Musk rich. And now that he wants to spend his money on something, now all of a sudden they're pulling back saying, oh, no, he's not the guy we thought he was. We don't want him buying this or that or the other. It's like, hey, you helped make him rich telling everybody to buy the electric car, which the electric car of choice is probably the Tesla, probably the most popular one out there. There are others. But the most popular, most available, most mainstream one is the Tesla. And you, you realize that Ford is gearing up for their electric cars, and uh, they've opened a, recently opened a new plant. And mm. you know, I, I'm like you, like you brought up a minute ago. I don't know what all this has to do with guns, but you know, what do you plug that damn car into? Well, yeah, you pl- you plug it into the uh, the electric grid, which they're already saying is taxed because of the heat wave we're having this year. They're saying shut down your air conditioners. Do you know you run your dishwasher only once when it's completely full, and they expect you to plug electric cars in and pull amps and amps and amps out of the power grid all every single day to run your electric car, and we're going to be able to accommodate that. But it's funny because they think it's, oh, it's it's clean energy. They're burning coal to make that electricity. They're burning oil to make that electricity. They're burning natural gas to make that electricity. So if you think it's clean, that's what you're burning. Yeah, you might as well have a coal-powered engine in your car if you're running an electric <laughs> car, if you think it's so green. Plus, the poison from the lithium mines where they have to get the materials to make these batteries poisons the earth for decades. And then when they have to dispose of them, they have to sit in a landfill. They can't recycle these batteries. There's no nothing to do with them, at least not yet. Now, maybe in the future there will be, but right now we're just every bad Tesla battery is going to sit in a landfill, and it's going to leach all the dangerous chemicals and dangerous minerals into the earth and poison the earth. We're going to drop them on Lebanon. Yeah, maybe. Go to the Middle East and yeah. let them have them. They've got oil. What do they need electric cars for? And, uh, you know, it's everything. Everything is crazy and uh, is getting crazier by the day it almost. Uh, you know, you, I go to bed at night thinking, well, can't get much crazier than this. Wake up the next morning. Yes, I can. Don't issue a challenge like that to people in politics because they, they'll take it like that. They'll, oh, can't get any crazier? Watch this. Hold yeah. my beer. <laughs> That's right. I, you know, I don't know. I don't know where it's, and and it's not just you and me bantering back and forth, Roger. It's uh, everybody I talk to and everybody that they talk to are talking about the same exact things that we are. Yeah, I would love to talk to somebody who voted for Biden who now realizes they made a huge mistake. I'd like to just have somebody admit that they made a mistake voting for him. They shouldn't have. Trump was maybe, he was a loud mouth. He was obnoxious sometimes. He... He put stupid stuff on Twitter. But you remember, remember, now remember the January 6th, was it the January 6th insurrection, as they're calling it? It was, uh, you got to remember what was going on at that point. Think about that for a second. What was going on January 6th? Gas was $1.83 a gallon. 
the Amer- America was an energy independent country. There was no wars being fought anywhere in the world. The Russians weren't starting anything. All the wars were, you know, most of the world was at peace at that time. And Trump was tweeting silly stuff on Twitter. That's where we were on on January 6th. That's what I remember. You know, but now, yeah, inflation is double digits across the board. Gas prices are the highest they've ever been in the record of our country except for except for sporadic outages due to pipelines damaged by hurricanes and such like that. We've seen some temporarily high prices, but these are way more permanent than that. And you have to realize that that's what it took. You know, we, we took an energy-independent country, turned it upside down, and bam. And now we're having these problems, this inflation. Just wait. Last year they said your hot dogs were going to be 16 cents cheaper <laughs> than they were the year before. And now they're going to be like $4 more expensive, so it's going to make up for that 16 cents that they they said you saved last year. So be aware of that. It's just it's ridiculous. And if you voted for this, okay, I'm not going to chastise you. I'm hoping you realize you made a mistake and you shouldn't have done it. If you're one of those people, if you're somebody who realized, okay, I voted for this, I made a mistake, what can I do to fix it? Here is your chance. November is coming up. All right, we're going to have to get back to this in just a minute. We've got to take a quick break. I'll be right back. I'm Roger B. This is Locked and Loaded, and you're listening to America's Web Radio. Stacey Abrams wants to be our next governor, but listen to what she had to say about Georgia. I am tired of hearing about being the best state in the country to do business when we are the worst state in the country to live. We are the worst state in the country to live. We are the worst state in the country to live. Abrams will destroy Georgia with her socialist policies. Vote for Brian Kemp. And if you didn't gather, America's Web Radio endorses Brian Kemp for governor. And we ask that you support him now, before the election, to get out and start telling people to listen to what Stacey Abrams has had to say. We'll be back right after a couple of messages. If you love classic cars, you're going to want to listen to The Classic Car Show with Tom Cox and Richard Lentinello on America's Web Radio. Live every Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern at americaswebradio.com or on demand on your favorite podcast app. Veteran-owned, America's Web Radio would like to thank all of our incredible patrons. We wouldn't be able to do this without you. If you are not already a patron, you can help us continue to produce some of the most informative and entertaining shows on the Internet by becoming a patron. Patrons of America's Web Radio are the first to receive information about new shows and links to the latest podcast episodes. Join now and receive a free gift while supplies last. For more information and to join our family, please visit www.patreon.com slash America's Web Radio. If you have questions, contact us at gm at americaswebradio.com. And as always, thank you for listening. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. I'm Roger B. This is Locked and Loaded, and I'm going to cover something real quick here. We did in the last um, hour that I didn't get the full. I didn't get the full impact. This is where we were on January sixth. 
when Trump, you know, when when the insurrection happened, here's where we were with our country. Gas was a dollar ninety three a gallon, national average. There was zero inflation, zero, not a little bit, not less, but zero inflation. The supply chain was functioning but well. The economy was the strongest it had been in fifty years. It took a businessman to fix our economy. The border was controlled and secure. We were having less illegals come over. We were screening people who were coming over. And the Taliban was not armed with U.S. military weapons and artillery. There were plenty of workers to fulfill the laborers. The stock markets were at record highs. 401Ks had record high values. And the interest rates were at record lows. So there you go. Joe Brandon fixed all those problems right away. He jumped gas prices, he gave weapons to the Taliban, he unsecured the border and allowed terrorists and uh, <clears throat> and people with diseases to come over the border, no problem. Oh, were they screening for COVID, by the way? No, not at all. I want to mention that uh, I spoke with one of my, uh, not military, not he's not really police, but he, federal agents, that's the best way to say it. Okay. Uh, federal agents, and he was telling me that and I haven't. I really haven't mentioned this before, right now. And that, it, but he was telling me, we have no idea of what's happening at the southern border, and that it's not. It's not just going to be Texas or Arizona or California, even California, but that this blight, because of Brandon, is spreading across the country. And we're in for some, for lack of better words, we're in for some shit that we have. We're in for a hell of a ride, aren't we? Yeah, that we, we're not prepared for. We have no idea how to handle it. And that, you know, it's not even slowing down. It's every day it's picking up. And that we are in just, uh, we have no idea what, what's about to happen. And nobody can do a damn thing about it. We're going to, the individual states, Texas has already called out the National Guard, the Texas National oh, Guard. Oh, wow. Oh, to and control the border problem? Part of it, yeah. Yeah. And But other states will be forced to call out their individual guard units to protect their citizens, to reinforce their police across their states, and that medical facilities will be overwhelmed. In fact, coming in this morning, I, I can't remember I was listening and wasn't listening and uh, they were talking about an ER that has just been totally uh, swamped. Oh yeah. And that we're going to be facing stuff that is and the renewal of diseases that we thought <clears throat> were we were rid of Years and years and years ago. Flocking across the border in droves. In droves. Yep. There's going to be no way to stop that. Well, I mean, you know, I don't. I agree we need immigrants. We definitely do. We need workers. We need people who want to come here and make it better lives for themselves. But we need to do it carefully. You know, that's the thing. You don't want to just, like say, if you need water, you don't drink it out of a puddle in the street. You make sure it's clean, it's purified, it's it's okay to drink. 
you don't just drink any water. We shouldn't let just any people into our country. We have enough people here who are citizens who are causing enough problems. We don't need to invite any more problems into our country. But we do need people who want to make a better life for themselves, who want to work, who want to pay taxes, who want to get on a path to citizenship, without a doubt. I admire anybody who's willing to walk a 1,000 miles for a job, not someone who's willing to walk a 1,000 miles to get free benefits. That we shouldn't be doing. They should not even be eligible until after they become a citizen or have been here for at least 10 years legally. You know, there needs to be some restrictions on this. The way they do it now is just it's encouraging lawbreakers. But again, equality under the law doesn't exist anymore. States will ignore whatever laws they want to, and they will pay attention to whatever laws they think they should. And several things are going to fall under that right now. You know, you want to get into the Roe versus Wade? Well, now what the Supreme Court said is that it goes back to the states to decide any restrictions, allowances, whatever they want to do. It's, It's a state issue. So your state has that capability to either leave things the same, to change things, to make it easier, harder, whatever they want to do. Your state government has that power now. So if you want to campaign for one way or the other, you need to contact your state representatives, let them know how you feel, and hopefully much of that won't change as much as everyone says it's going to. Like when Trump was running for president, they all thought he was going to repeal the Gay Marriage Act or the gay marriage law that they had passed federally that year right before he got elected. And they asked him about it after the election. They asked him about it on 60 Minutes. They said, well, what are you going to do about that? He said, nothing. It's the law. It's already passed. I'm not going to touch it. Why? Because he's a businessman. He doesn't care about your personal life. He doesn't care about your personal choices. He cares about making America a great country. And worrying about somebody else's personal choices is never going to make this country better. Worry about your own choices, your own problems, and what you can do to make this country better for everybody. If you quit worrying about everybody else's stuff, everything will be a lot easier to work with. And granted, I know Trump was a loudmouth. He said stupid things. He tweeted stupid, stupid things. But his business sense propelled us into the best economy we had had in 50 years. Hear that one more time. The best economy in 50 years while we were under Trump. I mean, how can you, you know, if you live in this country and you have to pay for things, how can that not affect you? How can that not make you take pause and go, you know, he said some stupid things I didn't like or said things I didn't agree with, but he is doing a great job with our economy. Now, here's what you get when you have a career politician running the economy or helping influence the economy or making changes to the economy. When you raise taxes, you stop the production of energy, this is what happens. Everything gets more expensive. Everything, inflation goes up. When you pay people to sit at home on their butts and not work, inflation goes up because you have to print money to do that. So... Just think about that when you're in the election, when you're in the ballot ballot box this coming fall. Think about what you're going to put into the ballot box. Think about how things are going to be affected. And let me mention one other thing. For all you conspiracy theorists who think that, oh, my vote doesn't count because they cheated, they're finally going to find a way around it, numbers will overcome cheating if we stop it now. A lot of states now are getting laws against fraudulent voting, and it needs to be prosecuted to the fullest extent. And I urge you to go to redovoting.com. That is software that will put an end to all cheating. 
They can't get around it. It's They can't cheat it, anything else. By the way, have you uh, seen the new Biden cap, the M-U-G-A? M-U-G-A, no. Make Ukraine great again? Oh, yeah. Or what is it, uh, muck up America again? Yeah. <laughs> M-U-A-A. Yeah. He's managing to do that in a supreme fashion. And the worst thing is I don't think he's even aware of it. He goes about his ditzy little wandering or whatever, you know. It's, Where am I? He doesn't care. He doesn't oh. know. He he doesn't know, and he doesn't care. But ah, hopefully, and you know what? And all you people who voted, if you regret your decision, make it a point to vote against whoever voted with him this fall. You don't have to tell your friends who you voted for. That's none of their business. Vote her who you think will be the best for our country as a whole. I mean, Biden can say all the right things and and paint a flowery picture, but then he turns around and does things that are not in the best interest of our country. And we suggest that you don't vote for this. We'll be back right after this. Stacey Abrams wants to be our next governor, but listen to what she had to say about Georgia. I am tired of hearing about being the best state in the country to do business when we are the worst state in the country to live. We are the worst state in the country to live. We are the worst state in the country to live. Abrams will destroy Georgia with her socialist policies. Vote for Brian Kemp. Hello, I'm Dr. Mike Karuchak. Have you ever wondered what doctors talk about amongst themselves? If you do, join us on The Doctor's Lounge and hear the doctors' conversations amongst themselves. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schertz, every Thursday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And ladies and gentlemen, we are back. This is Locked and Loaded. I'm Roger B., and you've been listening to America's Web Radio. Now, granted, we haven't had a lot of discussion about things that were locked and loaded. I did mention briefly ammo prices and gun prices, and the demand for weapons is picking up again. Why? Because people fear economic disaster. Economic disaster is one thing that drives weapon sales. Because people think, okay, if I have things... Somebody wants to take them. That's right, exactly. How are, you know, you have water stockpiled, the guy next door has a gun... Who's going to go thirsty? Well, I think, you know, we're already beginning to see it, and it's going to become more and more prevalent <laughs> when the when the folks that are doing it get their head out of their uh, dark place. But you know, we're going to see more and more cars that were filled with gas when you went to bed and have no gas in them when you come out in the morning to leave your house. And... Uh, the the bad guys have finally figured out that using even a battery drill is not wise when it sparks and uh, <laughs> and blows and up a gas tank blows up the gas tank on you but they more and more will be using hand drills you will see you you will see and hear about if the main news media will tell the truth about more and more situations where people have had their literally may have had their gas tank stolen Drain, or yeah. drained, whatever. But, folks, it's going to get past gas. It's going to go into people stealing, just like you said, water, food. When people get hungry, they're going to bust down your door to get the food. And what are you going to do about it? When seconds count, 
Yeah, the the police are minutes away. Yeah, <laughs> are defunded and they are out of gas and they can't get to your house. Exactly. It's just, and the only way you know, again, I've I've said this a hundred times. You have to be your own first responder, <clears throat> and that's more than just having a gun and ammo. You have to have first aid. You have to have food. You have to have a way to get clean water for your family. If the system breaks down. Are you prepared? Even if it's just temporary, even if it's just a hurricane comes through and you have to go for five days where you can't get emergency services or you can't get, you know, food or clean water. Do you have a way to filter dirty water? Do you have a way to have something to drink? Do you have water stored somewhere for at least five days for everybody in your household? And not just, it doesn't have to be drinking water. Some of it can be water for washing and cleaning and things like that, too. And your toilets. And your what? Toilets. Uh, yeah, I guess you can go outside and dig a hole for that, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, if need be, but I've been camping you know, before. I, I, I keep a supply of water in one of my bathrooms just for that reason. And also, if you know that something's coming, the first thing you do is fill up your bathtub. Oh, exactly. In fact, if you're concerned about how clean your bathtub is, they make something called it's a bathtub liner. Basically, it's a huge, big, heavy-duty plastic bag that fits in the bathtub. You fill it up with water, and it keeps the water from touching or being in the air. It keeps it sealed and protected so you can use it for whatever you need it for. And always keep some Clorox handy. Right, as used as a chlorine to add to the water to keep it clean and and germ-free. Absolutely. And there are formulas for that. And don't wait till you need it. Look it up ahead of time to know how many, I believe, if I remember correctly, it was like six drops of Clorox per gallon of water you need to add. Now, I don't know how many a drop comes in, how many that comes to an ounce or something, but you can put more in. But if you do put bleach in your water, you're going to have to wait 24 to 48 hours to drink it because the chlorine has to come out of the water. It'll form little bubbles in there, and you shake it up, and the chlorine gas will come out, and then it will be safe to drink. If you leave it in an open bucket, it'll happen in 24 hours every time because it's open to the air. So, yeah, there there are ways. You could start prepping. It looks like prepping is going to become a big deal again because when things start getting this high and this expensive, people start looking at ways to save money to exist without the help of a supply chain or without the the help of having a grocery store have things in it. Because I was in the grocery store the other day, and so many of the shelves – were empty. So many things were missing. And it was on a Monday, and I figured, you know, Monday would be a good restocking day, but apparently it wasn't. Well, you know, the other thing that we're not hearing a lot about, and uh, I, again, I, I think I mentioned this on your last show. If not, I'll mention it now. And that's my farmer in Texas scared me to death the other day when I talked to him. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, really. I mean, seriously. Well, give us the scoop. He des- he described the 1930s all over again uh, and what they're going through in Texas right now, in many other states, as a matter of fact. And that's the Dust Bowl. And then what came with the Dust Bowl was recession and then the Great Depression. Right. And what's happening is, and again, people are not talking about it. We haven't had a drop of rain in West Texas in months. And our crops are burned and going down the tube. We can't grow grain. We can't grow corn. And not only that, is it's not only hurting the farmer and killing the farmer, 
but it's also hurting the cattlemen. We our ranges are burned to death. So what's happening now? We have massive herds of, of cattle that are dying. I saw that. And, like thousands uh, and thousands of them. Yep, and that's because we have no water. And what does that mean to you folks? You're not going to have beef to eat. Beef, and, uh, and if there is a beef, it's going to be very expensive. Very expensive. And at the same token, it's almost impossible to get the beef to the grocery store anyway because of the high diesel prices. Right, and it's funny because I was talking to a gentleman, well, a gentleman, a guy in a store. He was saying he don't care nothing about no gas prices because he don't have no car. And he was buying two 40-ounce bottles of beer. I looked at him and said, how many do you think those bottles of beer get here? Well, the beer beer man brings them. I go, in his truck. He goes, yeah, that truck runs on diesel fuel or gasoline. If that price goes up too much, instead of being able to buy two bottles, you're only going to be able to buy one bottle because they're going to raise the price on all that bottles of beer. And he just stood there for about 15 seconds staring at me, and you could see the little wheels in his brain trying to turn to figure out what I just said. And that it was making sense to him. He was kind of seeing it. And hopefully I reached him and he realized, you know, I should care about gas prices even if I ain't got no car. <laughs> well, we're, you know, what my farmer said, <clears throat> we're headed to, uh, towards the perfect train wreck. And uh, it's right. coming, folks. And like Roger was saying, the time to prepare is not when the two trains hit each other. It's before they ever get on the track. Yeah, and, or if you see them coming, you have some time. Not as yeah. get as much time as you can to prepare, and uh, that means having the right foods in stock, the right amount of water, and uh, you know, you just got to be prepared. Right now, if you have money that you can set aside for prepping, freeze dried food is probably your best way to go. But with freeze dried food, you must have water to prepare it. So keep that in mind. If you have a way to store water. Or like David said, anything you see, something happen, hurricane coming, you know, natural disaster, heat wave, fill your bathtubs up with water. Every house probably has at least one bathtub in it, hopefully. If not, buy something to fill up with water if you need it. You can always use it later to water the grass or, you know, flush toilets or whatever else you want to do with it. If you end up, you don't need it. But there's always the prepper's motto, better to have it and not need it than need it and not have it. It's like they say, you know, it's like with guns. If you if you need it and you don't have it, that may be the last time you ever need it. Yeah. Don't take a chance like that. Be prepared. Be your own first responder. And it's not just about, you know, there you, and you, you need guns, you need ammo, you need equipment to wear, to hold everything property, to wear it. You need food, you need water. But think about other things, too. Do you have medication that you take? Do you have a 30, 60, 90-day supply of this? To where, or do you wait till the last week to renew it? You should always keep enough with you so if something interrupted your supply, you would be okay for a couple of weeks while they sorted it out. And know your neighbors. Yes, that's that was one thing that the one the prepper show they used to put on always said. You know, people who are like minded should gather together and work together towards the common goal of being prepared. That was something they always uh, mentioned. And also your pets. Don't forget about your pets. Your pet's medication, your pet's food, your pet's treats, toys, snacks, whatever they need. Make sure you have enough of that, too. You don't want them to go hungry or have any problems, you know, with, with diseases or fleas or whatever else it is. Make sure you have their medication in stock also. 
Well, we don't mean to be fear mongers or anything like that, but uh, at 75, I went through the Cold War and all right. the threats of, you know, possible uh, An- nuclear bombs. Annihilation. Annihilation, yes. And, uh, and you know, and I went through the era of, of digging bomb shelters. Everybody oh, wow. Everybody was yeah. going to dig a bomb shelter, you know? I remember in elementary school, I, one kid I was friends with, we'd go to his house, and they had a, their basement was full of canned goods and stuff they needed just in case. Just in case. And that, that reminds me, too. And, and, again, I don't mean to be preaching, and I'm not an expert on it by any means. But, oh, well, I'm going to go stock up on a bunch of cans. Well, turn that can up and say, eat by whenever. And yeah. make sure you get some long dated stuff, not that you have to have eaten it by yesterday. Right. Know? Or ideally, buy stuff that you normally use, and anytime you get a new one, Replace put it in it. the store, yeah. take out one of the older ones, and use it. Whenever you need something, take your oldest stock out first, use it, and put the new ones in your in your storage. And you can't beat rice and beans. <clears throat> That's right. They're very easy to store. They're very easy to store in large quantities. They're very easy to make, but you need water. So make sure you have a water purification system or plan in place for that. That's key. I mean, because you can go. They're the threes. I don't know if you, um, if you're aware. Let's see. It's at three minutes without air, three days without water, thirty days without food, something like that. The threes. There are things you can do without for limited amounts of time. Concentrate on the ones that are the smallest. Three days, maybe it's three days without sleep, something like that. But anyway, again, make sure you have preparations for these things. Make sure water is one that's very high. You can't go very long without water, a few days at best. You know, again, and I, I've told you, that, or I know that some other veterans and I have talked about it, that you'll get a flashback on why, you know, when I was in AIT and stuff, why are we doing this? This is crazy. But yet, you just hit on it. One of the reasons: uh, three days without sleep. Yeah, uh, we we did that. I think I did it twice in AIT, where we'd go out on bivouac and you know we'd go without sleep for three days, and and that again was counting on your buddy to take care of you because we would take cat naps. Right, and, you'd have to close your eyes, or you'd go. Yeah, you'd you lose your mind yeah. at some point, and uh, so. You'd be off for 30 minutes or an hour and then let your buddy be off for an hour or whatever. And uh, But th- this is the value of knowing your neighbors and right. working have, with having your Having a support group. And uh, I can't stress that too much as I'm, I fail at that and I have got to do something about it. As we go on, uh, I think that we are getting closer and closer to something happening and i i'm not going to predict what i don't yeah, know who knows you don't know if it's going to be a natural disaster if it's going to be a government inflicted disaster if some other country's going to come in here and start causing problems for us we don't know and we've got uh, <clears throat> what two hurricanes 
knocking at our door. Now. Right. I mean, that's the natural disasters are the hardest ones to plan for because there's oh, yeah. no no way to plan for when those are coming. You have a you do have a little bit of notice, but the thing is is to be prepared before you get the notice. It's like exactly. you said, prepared before it happens, especially if you live in places that are susceptible to hurricanes, to tornadoes, to natural disasters of some sort, wildfires. You have to be prepared. Have bins of stuff ready to go when you have to pack out and leave. If you have to leave your house, have stuff you can take with you that you know you're not going to want to leave behind to get flooded or burned or destroyed in some way. Or stolen. Yeah, or stolen. And but, you that, know, that's the first people that are out after a storm or any natural disaster. The or looters. the thieves. Or the yeah. looters. Most of that stuff can be replaced. So you need to concentrate on things that mean something to you. Things that are irreplaceable. Now, granted, you know, if you have water and you have food, you're being taken care of, that's the most important thing that you can do. But also, like I say, make sure you have any medication you need. Make sure your pets have medication they need. Make sure you have, if you wear prescription eyewear or contact lenses, make sure you have spares. And again, with anything that's perishable, rotate through your stock. Use the oldest ones first, moving to the newest ones last. And make sure you have extra. Don't wait till you get to, you know, your last few pills or your last pair of contacts before you get new ones. Keep enough where you would have enough for six months. At least. You know, and some stuff you can only do for three to five days. Like if you have water, you can only store so much of that. <clears throat> and it's hard to keep it clean and disease-free unless you have a system for that, which... Again, not always the easiest thing to do, but bottled water will last quite a while, especially if you're drinking the bottled water, rotate through several cases. You know, put the oldest cases on the top. When you stock the new ones, put them in a separate pile, use up one pile, then restock that one, start using the other pile. That way you always have several cases of water, enough for a gallon per person per day for drinking. Anything beyond a gallon per day could be for washing, brushing your teeth, whatever else you might need. So. You know, as I I don't want to sound hypocritical, <laughs> but the fact is, yes, you need to know your neighbor. You need to be able to work with your neighbor and so forth and so on. But under a natural disaster or any disaster, numero uno. Right. Take care of yourself first, obviously. And, and it's like, you know, it's like uh, when... When we all used to fly, do you remember you'd go to uh, this big airport thing and you'd get yeah, on a yeah, plane yeah. and fly? Absolutely. And what was the first thing one of the, they used to be called stewardesses? The flight attendants? A flight attendant would say, if uh, your mask dropped down, cover your baby's face or cover your child's face first. No, no, then, no. Do your own, own first. Do your fir- own first and then do Then theirs. you'll be yeah. able to take care of them. If you cover th- them first and you pass out, you can't take care of anybody else. That's right. And yeah. that's the same way with a disaster. <clears throat> take care of yourself first, then help your neighbors help everybody else. Or if you don't know your neighbors or your neighbors are too far away or you don't have any, get to know people who are like-minded who are not too far away. They don't have to be next-door neighbors. They can be friends. They can be family. Anybody who thinks like you do or somebody who you would use as a support group if you needed it. But that doesn't mean that you have to feed them a meal every night or every day. Well, you know, if you actually, if you have a solid plan, someone will provide everything mm. you need. You will have everything you need when everybody comes together. Someone will provide the rice and beans. Someone will provide the canned meat. Someone will provide the soup and the water. Everybody should have certain things, but you can share things if you have a group of like-minded people who are all prepared together. You know, be your own first responder. Be ready for a disaster of some type whether it be man-made or natural. 
there's going to be issues always. Even if the government doesn't end up screwing everything up completely, there's going to be natural disasters that are happening no matter what part of country you're in. And you should know what your neighbors are capable of. You know, right. some you are EMTs, or some may have had some medical training and uh, know how to do sutures. Some right. may, uh, who knows? Use uh, everybody for their strengths. If you have yeah. gardeners in the neighborhood, know that they can grow things. You have mechanics in the neighborhood, know that they can fix things. You have engineers in the neighborhood, know that they can design ways to get you water, to get you things fixed. And just because they have a radio station, <laughs> uh, let's see, what are we good at? Talking. Uh, we talk. Yeah. yeah, we're like we, lawyers, pretty useless. Yeah, <laughs> just give me a bullhorn. I'll, I'll put them all together. I'll organize everybody. There yes. you go. Yes, you over there. Um, but anyway, the, you know, and, and again, we're not trying to be whatever. We just want people to be prepared. And, well, I mean, uh, you know, a lot of the gun community was big into preppers, to 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 preparation, I should say. Because, you know, that's one thing that you use. What else can you use to protect everything that you've stored or prepared for from somebody else who didn't do it? And a lot of them are old enough that they use a Preparation H for it, too. Oh, so. yeah, perhaps. But you want to be able to prepare to protect whatever you have. And now, if you want to share something, that's fine. If you have enough, but make sure you share it on your tor- terms. This happened during the Autonomous Zone. There were roving gangs going house to house, stealing what they wanted or what they needed from people who had had who had stuff. So this is this is not something that's so far fetched. It has happened in the last couple of years. This exact kind of thing has happened. Cuz they weren't allowing the police or emergency services into these areas. So when people would come across these roving gangs, they had no one to call. They had no way to do anything unless they could defend themselves. Granted, if they came into your house and you were pointing a a military-style rifle at them, or two or three of them with family members, they might go, you know what? We'll go next door. They don't have any guns. They don't have any way to defend what they've got. We'll go shopping over there instead. But at the same token, don't put that stupid sign out in your front yard that this house protected by B&S or whatever, you know. Smith & Wesson, yeah. yeah, (laughs) Or S&W. No, that just invites somebody to break in and see if they can find your... Right, when you're not there, they're going to come in. But that's, you know, that's... Anybody who has guns usually knows better than that. But you have to be prepared. I mean, like I say, the criminals are going to go for the easiest targets. Don't make it... Be the hardest target you can possibly be. Be ridiculously hard to kill. That's all I can tell you. Train to do whatever you need to do to be ridiculously hard to kill. That way... Criminals are going to go for the easiest easiest way. That's why they're criminals. They don't want to work for anything. They want the easiest path. Don't be the easiest path. Be the hardest person in the neighborhood. Be the most difficult person to come and try and rob or steal stuff from or take things from. Make it difficult. Make it hard. They'll go somewhere else. It's been proven throughout history. They always go for the easiest targets. And in some areas, they can go to the abandoned police offices. Office, <laughs> That's right. Office and have a nice place to stay overnight. Get all their supplies, whatever yeah. they have there. Yeah. Well, let's. I think that's a trend that tends to be reversing a little bit. I mean, I know there are still people who hate the police, blah blah blah, because because all the experiences they have with police officers are bad, and that needs to change. Unfortunately, politicians have taken over running police departments as a political arm or as a fundraising arm of the government. 
that means the police aren't really they're not always trying to help you they're trying to raise money for their for their political overlords so be aware and a lot of the police officers i know you guys probably hate being on traffic duty it's probably one of your least favorite things to do is to sit there and write people tickets for going 10 or 15 miles over a speed limit on an uncrowded freeway because you know it's not really increasing the safety of anybody it's not really doing much for the community it's not bringing you guys together it's not giving the police a positive image they need to go back to the days when policemen walked the streets walked the beats got to know people and did more good than you know than scaring or or making people afraid or making them, you know, uneasy around you. You want police to be the ones you go to when you need help and they need to be there for you. You need to teach children again. If they need help, a police officer is always a safe place to go. And I'm sure the police would rather be involved in their communities, involved in community projects, helping communities eliminate crime or eliminate threats or eliminate problems than they would trying to write speeding tickets or, you know, or or nonsensical things like that. You know, granted, granted, you want to stop the guy who's running 40 miles over the speed limit down a crowded freeway weaving in and out. You want to stop the severe cases of that. But when all traffic is moving and you're just picking them off one at a time, because you know your county, your city, your district needs money and that's why you're doing it, try not to become a fundraiser. You know, that's not your job. Your job is to protect and serve. And I know... I know you would feel better about it. Every police officer out there would feel better if they had a better relationship with everybody in their community. It would just make things flow so much better. You know, it would be wonderful if, uh, and I may suggest this to John Bradbury, uh, that he he let uh, his officers on patrol stop at the end of the street and just go door to door and say, hi, I'm... Officer Smith, and uh, maybe if it's during the day, he could yeah. walk down the street. We start knocking on everybody's door. These days, you don't show up at somebody's house without a call first. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like uh, the old days when you you had didn't you didn't have cell phones and you had to go down the street and knock on someone's door to just see if they were home to come out and play. You don't do that anymore. No, <laughs> that's true. But you know, it, it, there's we got to get the relationship back. That right, uh, it needs and, to go back to protect and serve. Yeah. Exactly. And, so, and, with that being said, my friend, I guess think that about what, wraps us up, doesn't it? It pretty well wraps us up, and uh, we're glad that you've been listening to Mister B and uh, Locked and Loaded, and Mister Roger B, and uh, he'll be back next week. And uh, and the legend Dave, thanks for joining us today. Oh. Yeah, the well anyway, we'll be back next week and uh we'll be here for you during the week. We're listened to all over America and we appreciate it and all the folks that support us. We'll be back. The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.